electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is the American Greek Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. It was a tale that touched the hearts of thousands of Americans. One cold evening in November 2017, Kate McClure is heading to Philadelphia for a night on the town. She's just crossed the Delaware River when her car begins to sputter and stall. She's out of gas. Kate McClure was driving from New Jersey down 95 South into the city trying to meet a friend. She said that she, you know, thought she could make it. She knew she was running low on gas, but was going to wait until she met her friend. She manages to guide to the nearest exit ramp and pulls onto the shoulder. McClure panics. She's not familiar with this Philly neighborhood. Homeless people fill the streets. She's startled by a knock on her car window. She said she saw this man come up, a little scared at first because she's it's dark, she's alone. He said, hey, don't worry about it, don't get out of your car. He's not asking for a handout. This homeless man is about to flip the script. Listen, you wait here, I'm going to walk to the gas station that's not too far and use my last $20 and make sure I can bring you gas to put in your car and basically get her going again. The homeless man, Johnny Bobbitt, is a Marine Corps veteran and self-confessed drug addict. He was originally from North Carolina and had served in the Marines and then found himself homeless on the streets of Philly. She waits, he walks, he comes back, uh, he spends his last $20 to get the gas, and then, you know, she was on her way. Kate McClure wants to find some way to thank her unlikely hero. Accompanied by her boyfriend, Mark D'Amico, McClure tracks down Bobbitt the next day and brings him some gifts. They came back with money. I think they had some warm clothes for him. They had some food. But the couple want to do more for their new friend. They start up a GoFundMe account for Bobbitt. And that's when that picture was taken off of I-95 in Philadelphia. I think that photograph became the face of the campaign. The campaign on GoFundMe uh, was to pay it forward. They set a goal of $10,000 to help get Bobbitt back on his feet. They wanted to get him a truck, a used truck. They said it was his dream car. They wanted to get him some new clothes uh, and a few months' rent of just a room in a house, something modest. Amanda Hoover interviews McClure and D'Amico and writes one of the first stories about their GoFundMe campaign. It was a heartwarming story. You see a lot of GoFundMes that aren't necessarily have that compassion or heartwarming part of them. Soon, other media outlets pick up the story. Within a few days, their tale goes viral. People from across the country begin to flood their GoFundMe with donations. They kind of then started going on a national media tour, and then their faces were everywhere. The trio's tale is just the latest success story for GoFundMe. Since 2010, the company has legitimately helped thousands of people going through financial hardships, fighting illness, and those just plain down on their luck. With a click of a button, anyone can donate to a charitable cause of their choice. 
Well, and I think especially in the in these times, right? It's like people want to feel like they can make a difference. People want to feel because you look around you and you go, "Man, the world is a mess. Where would I even start?" Here, I just click this link and I give my five dollars and I feel better. While crowdsourcing fraud exists across many websites, GoFundMe is arguably the best known. They say they're the world's largest social fundraising platform. Adrian Gonzalez runs the website GoFraudMe. Originally a reporter who covered the financial crisis in 2008, she spent the last few years tracking and documenting crowdsourced frauds. So I started GoFraudMe in early 2015 as just like a Facebook page, um, and I was just completely floored by the interest that it got. People messaging the page constantly saying, this happened to me, Um, this is happening right now, what do I do? While GoFundMe does aggressively monitor campaigns on their platform, Gonzalez says that fraudulent cases can sometimes slip through. At first, the campaign to help Johnny Bobbitt comes across as exactly that, an effort to do some good in the world. Only later, after lawsuits, police raids, and one bizarre twist after another, will donors learn what they were really funding. So I certainly did not foresee this happening. Nobody did, obviously. Just a few days after setting up the GoFundMe campaign, the money starts rolling in for Johnny Bobbitt. The day that I first interviewed them about it, it had about $4,000. And the next morning, I think $25,000. And then throughout that day, just up and up and up. In just over two weeks, the campaign raises an astounding $400,000. So when they raised the $402,000, I think once the GoFundMe takes some of their fees, it was roughly $367,000. With this cash influx, McClure and D'Amico held Bobbitt by a used truck and a place to live. I think they were able to buy him some type of small truck. So there was some type of camper or recreational vehicle that they put on their property. And then, after the burst of publicity and money, the Bobbitt story goes the way of so many viral moments and promptly fades from view. Here's how life is these days. But you see these campaigns, especially the ones that go viral. I mean, you can go viral and two days later, you're over. So you, you certainly see that. And yeah, people forget. But while the story disappears for a few months, it's far from over. In the summer of 2018, the Philadelphia Inquirer newspaper does a follow-up interview with Johnny Bobbitt. The tale Johnny tells isn't the one that the public expects. Johnny said that he didn't have his money. He claimed that he got $75,000 and that they were holding the money from him. Johnny did get some money. Um, He gave some to family. Uh, He also spent some on drugs, but that he can't imagine where the rest where he's thinking $200,000, $300,000 that should still be his is just gone at this point. All eyes turn to Kate McClure and Mark D'Amico. Just what happened to all that cash? The couple have a different version of events. They claim that Johnny still does have a couple hundred thousand dollars left in the bank account, but that they're closely watching over it. At first, they really said that because Johnny was struggling with addiction, they had to be in charge of the money, that he would have just blown it all on drugs. Part of their defense was that they really wanted him to kick his drug habit and to be able to gain uh, employment and um, a better life. But questions arise when Kate McClure is seen driving around in a recently acquired BMW. The couple insists they're not profiting off Johnny, and they go on the Today Show to defend themselves. 
He was such a genuine person. He was very nice. They really came out as a unified front, and they said some of their problems were just that Johnny didn't have any IDs. So there was no way they could have given him the money. Well, in the beginning, it was as simple as he didn't have a bank account. Okay. He had no documents, no ID, no birth certificate, nothing. Mm -hmm. um, so I spent countless hours on the phone trying to get him his identification. And you know you can't just walk into the DMV and be like, here's my birth certificate. They say Johnny Bobbitt needs a financial guardian. We saw the pattern that was developing, that he was going to do something foolish and be, end up right back where he was. It, every dollar he ever touched was... was used for drugs. And, we tried and getting him into um, multiple rehab facilities um, um, that he chose on his own. Um, so we went through the whole process. I called multiple places for him. The couple says that Bobbitt still has between $100,000 and $200,000 left. And we're in the process of having everything looked over by our, our lawyer. And he has his separate lawyer and he will have his own trust and it will be out of our hands. Kate McClure says the negative publicity surrounding the ordeal has taken a toll. It's so hard to deal with because these people are getting one side of the story and receiving death threats and, you know, threats to burn my house down and threats against my family and everything like that is so hard to deal with when we know that we did a good thing. And I still believe that we did a good thing and I would do it all over again. I would do it all over again for him. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture-proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Thanks to GoFundMe donors, Johnny Bobbitt's life appears to be on the upswing. But several months later, he says he's right back where he started, broke and homeless. With his story once again in the spotlight, Bobbitt takes legal action against his former friends Mark D'Amico and Kate McClure. He wants his money. He filed a civil lawsuit against the couple to say, look into where this money is and I'd like this money to come to me. I think that really broke people's hearts, really made donors feel betrayed when they saw, you know, they thought that they were going to help this guy. Court proceedings uncovered a startling revelation. There's no money to fight over. Mark D'Amico's claim that Bobbitt's bank account still contains a couple hundred thousand dollars isn't true. It's all gone. GoFundMe tells the Philadelphia Inquirer that they'll ensure Bobbitt gets his money. They were really stepping into it and trying to make donors still feel comfortable, I think, that fraud wasn't, fraud like this wasn't rampant on their platform. 
Prosecutors in Burlington County, New Jersey, announced they've initiated a criminal investigation. We began the investigation really with the allegations out of both the media and then the civil litigation um, and certain things that didn't ring true to us. Once again, the story makes headlines. Piece by piece, the couple's carefully crafted story starts to fall apart. People across the country pitching in money, but authorities now say it was a scam. Yeah, there was a search of their house. As soon as we saw that as well, we knew like this, there's going to be more things that we learn about what happened with this money. Ms. McCoy, would you talk to us? Hey, do you have any comments? Ms. McClure, where's the money? Where's the money for Johnny Bobbitt? Ms. McClure, where is the money? Investigators with the state of New Jersey went in and seized, um, well, they took the BMW for one. Um, they were able to seize laptops, uh, bank records, uh, any files. Investigators learned that Kate McClure and Mark D'Amico aren't the kind-hearted guardians they make themselves out to be. Over the past year, the couple have spent most of the GoFundMe money on themselves including that $20,000 pre-owned BMW. They took a trip to Disney World. They took a helicopter ride into the Grand Canyon around New Year's when they were out in Las Vegas. There were designer bags, things of that nature, and then just the cash that nobody could quite trace. Cash that always seems to be withdrawn in distinct locations. There was a tremendous amount of money withdrawn near casinos or in casinos. They had withdrawals totaling $85,000. Those were near Las Vegas casinos. They were near the casinos in Atlantic City as well. The Sugar House Casino in Philadelphia is allegedly one of Mark D'Amico's favorite haunts. He also was a prolific gambler who often played poker, um, had risen up in some tournaments pretty high in Atlantic City. When the couple did the Today Show interview, they were actually broke in spite of all their do-gooder talk. And we're in the process of having everything looked over by our, our lawyer. And he has his separate lawyer and he will have his own trust and it will be out of our hands. Despite their money problems, Mark D'Amico appears to harbor a delusional dream just like a gambler chasing a jackpot. He had a lofty idea that potentially, you know, this was going to become a book or a movie and that they would have a payday from that as well. He was certain the payday from the book deal they were pursuing would dwarf the money generated by the GoFundMe campaign. During the course of the investigation, an even bigger bombshell hits. While Johnny Bobbitt is a sympathetic figure, investigators say he's also something else, a co-conspirator. Let me say this about Johnny Bobbitt. He deserves our appreciation for his willingness to serve our country as a United States Marine, but it is imperative to keep in mind that he was fully complicit with this scheme to defraud contributors. I think that was the biggest shocker. The narrative had shifted to, here's some people who took advantage of this guy, and then it became, here's three people who were all together in cahoots on this scam. According to investigators, McClure and D'Amico regularly saw Bobbitt on the side of the road when they drove into Philly. They had apparently known Johnny for a month prior to when the GoFundMe campaign uh, went up. And all of them were on board as of November 10th when Johnny, Bobbitt, and Kate McClure took that picture, and within hours that picture went live. As for the story about Kate's car trouble and Johnny using his last 20 bucks to get her gas, prosecutors say it was all a lie. I think that's where a lot of people, their trust went right out the window, right? Because it's like, wow, who you can't trust anybody. They were all in on it. 
The government claims text messages confirm their scheme. Tech Crimes Unit reviewed more than 60,000 text messages during the investigation, including thousands between McClure and D'Amico discussing the couple's financial woes, inability to pay bills, and mounting debts. There were text messages within an hour of that GoFundMe page going up that she shared with a best friend saying, listen, the part about the $20, that's not true. And the $20 for gas. Kate had apparently said to her friend, you know, so shush about that. The investigation reveals that these co-conspirators had no grand plan. The goal was initially to raise $10,000, but then the GoFundMe campaign took on a life of its own. If D'Amico and McClure would have given Bubba a bigger cut of the cash, there's a good chance their scam would have succeeded. It makes you question, had the they given, you know, had they split it three ways and had they given the homeless man his cut, would we have ever heard about it? No, I don't think we would have. Thanks for listening to the American Read Podcast, presented by CNBC. I'm Stacy Keach. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.